Uh, good to be back, fellas. Long Thank time you. no see. We threw the people some Patreon-only content this last week because uh, schedules got busy. Mm-hmm. Those privileged fucks should be appreciative. Yeah, yeah. and gas went up. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> it's, so it's never been a better time to get in on the ground floor of paying me a dollar a month. <laughs> For real, man. We love you. I need to see what my buttons are because I don't remember them because I'm a professional. All right. Uh, <laughs> you got one on your belly. <laughs> treacherous one make no mistake we will face danger from savages and from bears <laughs> these bears are wild mind you not trained carnival bears with little tats sounds exhilarating sir few men would have the courage for such an endeavor i'm not afraid mr burr my mind will protect me <laughs> i'm a man of science a man of learning a man who knows how to buy the finest books learned man yep. is this matthew perry yeah <laughs> hey mr hunt mr hunt i'd be more worried about the indians than the bears it's common knowledge that when the Savages capture a white man. They will split open his head, <laughs> pick out his brains, and eat them with a crudely fashioned fork. <laughs> so... Have you witnessed such atrocities, Mr. Hunt? I've uh, seen the forks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I was going to say that one when we covered Lewis and Clark, but fuck it, we're, talk- we're, we're brave adventurers today, boys. Yes. We're talking yes. about doomed expeditions, namely doomed. the Donner Party. Doomed. Before we get started, how was everybody's time off? How was everybody's little vacations? Oh, unproductive, miserable, as usual. Eh, unproductive bad. but busy, which is the fucking worst combination. I almost yeah. died. Yeah? Let's yeah. hear it. How, what's the story from wearing glory? I was coming home from work. It was a doomed was, expedition. Yeah, it was a doomed expedition. <laughs> <laughs> On a treacherous route called I-4. <laughs> Literally. I was going over that one bridge, like when you come back from Orlando and mm-hmm. everything. And as I'm just going straight, mind my own business, going 60, my car just out of nowhere shoots across like all four lanes. Going like and you're driving a Tesla, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like it felt like eternity and like no time at all, like heading towards the wall because nothing I was doing was moving the steering wheel. Like what? I was fucked. And then at the very last second, I'm like, okay, best case scenario, I hit the thing. Worst case scenario, I hit it, go through it, and go in the water. So your car Shit. had a mind of its own. Have you written any um, news articles about? The deep state recently, <laughs> because you might be having an issue. Your car temperature thermometer might be listening to you. Yeah. What isn't listening to me, but am I really a political threat to anyone? Yeah. You <laughs> get free entertainment earth. People, you are a political threat. People care, about, people care about the deals that you post on Thanos uh, oven mitts. This is stuff. true. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, don't work. <laughs> there was a recall on yeah. those. Yeah. I still have mine. Yeah. Enjoy getting cookies out of the stove and burning your hand on the infinity I never, gauntlet. I never used it. And like the day I was it's, about to is when a, I got the email. Just like, well, fuck. It's in a glass shadow box. He just comes in it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a cock sleeve. It's, it's getting a use. Yeah. It's utility. Is it not? It's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No come, impossible. So, um, yeah, my weeks were pretty good. I was just lonely. I was just kind of like 
sitting here and I made uh, like crudely fashioned dummy versions of you guys. Just like and I was scarecrows just, of us. Yeah, and I was just sitting in here <laughs> and just like, good one, Drew. Like, haha, that was funny. And I was like bleeping you still because <laughs> even, your, even your scarecrow dummy was being racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys know about the Donner Party? Only what I've heard in The Shining. Yeah, that's an opening scene. Yeah. From what I've read is that it's basically just the Oregon Trail. Yeah. 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 It's that's, where they, that's basically what I read. I, I wish that somebody should make a like a mod patch pack thing to let, <laughs> let you eat your fellow settlers. You know, if, if times get tough and you can't. That can, wasn't an option. I thought you could just get dysentery and die and then oh. go hunting for stuff. And then if you don't, yeah, you like starve. Get bit by a snake. Oh, yeah. you drowned. <laughs> Literally everything but like cannibalism. You have, to lo- you have to go out and help somebody bury their cart and then come back and be like, yeah, he just died. Indians got him. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, you got something on your face. And you're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Would you like some of this bison hide to chew on? You're like, no, I'm full. Like, what, what, do you mean, what do you mean full? So, yeah. So what, what, Straight what, up cannibalism wasn't uh, kid friendly. No. What interested me about the Donner Party, not only was the cannibalism aspect of it, but leading up to it, like the, the comedy of errors, it could be <laughs> like... I never saw the movie RV with Robin Williams, but for some reason in my head, I'm like, this probably was the movie RV with Robin Williams. <laughs> I saw that movie and you would be correct. Yeah, like the, it, it was the Donner Reed, Donner Reed party. And Reed was like this really wealthy businessman. And he was like reading a book by this guy named Hastings. And Hastings wrote about this shortcut called the Hastings cutoff that, you know, shaves miles off of your journey and it's easy and pleasant. And, you know, anybody can go, because basically he was just trying to get people to come to the West coast and populate it and get like a little like society going out there. And he was also trying to funnel people away from the Oregon trail and to end up in, I think like San Francisco where his business partner or buddy had set up like a, like a little like pre-township general store type tavern thing. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, but the the kicker was that he had never himself gone on that trail. (laughs) He was just writing it. He looked at a map and he was like, wait a minute. I could just draw a straight line. (laughs) Not thinking about like mountains or salt flats or anything like that. Why has no one done this before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this guy, this rich guy, Reed, he's like reading the book and he's like, I dare say this is a good idea. So he has this wagon built. This is the funniest thing to me. And like when I started reading this, he has a two story wagon <laughs> built. It's double like decker a, wagon. A double decker wagon, like like a like a like a like boomer those RV tour buses. No, like a, like like what a boomer has that they use to go see like the Grand Canyon and say, you know, it wasn't as good as I thought. The RV's cool. Like it has a built in <laughs> cast iron stove. Uh, it had like sleeping compartments for his whole family. This literally was the first RV. It was. <laughs> it was. Uh, it it took eight oxen to pull it. So it was like Fuck. eight ox power. You know? <laughs> it was, uh, but yeah. So, but it was it was pretty much doomed from the start because of this f- fake trail that this guy came up with, <laughs> and the lengths that he went to to keep these people on it were pretty hilarious. But we'll we'll just jump into it. So, um, the source is Wikipedia, as always. So if anything's not factually correct, take it up with them. Um, hey, y'all should see this man's packet. This man got a whole. I fucking- do. I got like eight, I got like nineteen or twenty pages, but Shit. I only highlighted the stuff dick. that's important. Yeah, <laughs> it's all highlighted. I got a little choke. Yeah, <laughs> Every word is just highlighted. So, the Donner Party 
left in spring of 1846. It was like imperative that you would leave at the right time because if you didn't, you would end up getting like caught in a snowstorm or there wouldn't be enough grass for your animals to graze on. Like all these factors had to come into play. And none of the people who went on this trip Looked it up. <laughs> we're well versed in any of this. They were just like, "We'll go oh, west." It looks smashing out. Let's I, let's take a constitutional. Yeah, I have a compass and a bunch of yeah. So so the trip usually took between four and six months. And instead of you know, like I said, when this guy just drew a line, he forgot to take into consideration things like the Rocky Mountains, uh, the the Wasatch or Wasatch Range, and the Great Salt Lake Desert in present day Utah, which are like three biomes of horrible. Things that you don't want to cross. It's like, yeah. like one day you're in it's a gauntlet, a jungle thicket. The next day you're in a snow peaked mountain, and then the next day you're in a desert. It's, it's like, those, it's those movie montages just yeah. to show the passage of yeah, time yeah. throughout the seasons. <laughs> the whole trip resulted in incredible loss, but what really did him in was. Reed Hastings, this or sorry, Hastings rather, not Reed Hastings, Hastings, the guy who wrote The Immigrant's Guide to Oregon and California. Um, in his book, he wrote, quote, the most direct path would leave the Oregon route about 200 miles east of Fort Hall, uh, thence bearing west-southwest to the Salt Lake and thence continuing down to the Bay of San Francisco. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when somebody throws words like thence around, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trusting, you know. That's a learned word. Yeah, it's a very learned word. I'm on board with that. You know, it's, it's not something people just throw around. Uh, Even know. back then, I don't think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, he didn't take into consideration that he had never been on the trail. And also the reason the Oregon trail was trustworthy is because so many people would go down it. It kind of wore in a groove. You, you, you wouldn't have to like literally cut through a thing. Wagons are big and they got to get through a big area. You know, you can't just have them running through the, it'd be like taking a four by four vehicle and just running it into the woods. You're going to hit a stump in like a second. You know, you're immediately going to get everything fucked up. Um, uh, there's a historian, Thomas F. Andrews, who wrote, it was Hastings renowned as an author and a trail leader, coupled with his presence on the trail that helped persuade Donner, uh, in parentheses, immigrants to undertake the cutoff that now bears his name. Uh, he dreamed of an empire, and it soon collapsed when California was conquered by the United States military during the Mexican-American War. So this guy was just like, wrong time to be trying any of this. Serious. He was like trying to get, he was like right when the dot-com bubble was blowing up, he was like, <laughs> what about toys.com? You know, like, he was like, what if we do that, like the day before Amazon went up, you know? So he wanted people to get to this place called Fort Bridger, run by Jim Bridger. Uh, it was his partner. Uh, Louis, Louis Vasquez in Black Forks, Wyoming, who had this place set up. Um, Hastings stayed at this place and he would persuade travelers to turn south on his route. So he would like catch people and be like, hey, you taking the Oregon Trail? Guess hey what? There, buddy. You might want to go this other way. You're looking for a new trail? I got a doozy of a one for he you. He was the part of the GPS <laughs> where it's just like, this route is two hours quicker. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know if I trust it. He would just hide under the wagons whispering. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you could, you know how you're driving with your GPS and you can pop in that there's a speed trap? It's like if other people could pop in, like, I know a shortcut. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so in the spring of 1846, 500 wagons. That's the other thing. I didn't realize how large of, like, a congregation of people were moving west. 500 wagons uh, headed west from Independence. Uh, at the rear of the train, a group of nine wagons containing 32 members of the Reed and Donner families and their employees left on May 12th. So they were a little bit behind. So, again, just kind of, like, 
read the writing on the wall. They're starting already at like kind of a deficit. Uh, I have a big exhaustive list. And again, my notes are so big because I have everybody's names and everything in here, but I realize like that's not important. (laughs) They'll come up when we talk about how they got eaten. You know, (laughs) (laughs) to promote the uh, Hastings cutoff, uh, Lansford Hastings sent riders out Pony Express style to deliver all these pamphlets to to people that were migrating to like, you know, you take take them out on the Oregon Trail and be like, hey, check it out at this rock. Go over here and you'll be in business, my friend. Um, And the reads and donors were given one of these pamphlets. Um, He claimed to have worked out a better and new road to California, which is funny that they got these pamphlets because like Reed had already read this in a book. So he was already on board. And then he had this like, it, you know, it was a good business model of Hastings because it's like, oh, I'm being reaffirmed that this is going to be the right thing to do. You know, someone made a pamphlet. I must it be kinda, doing something right. It's like National Lampoon's Vacation. <laughs> Reed is Chevy Chase. Reed is 100% Chevy Chase in this, in this situation. You know, on, uh, on July 20th at the Sandy, uh, Little Sandy River, most of the wagon train opted to follow the established trail via Fort Hall. Those were the smart people. And a smaller group headed to Fort Bridger. Uh, and they needed a leader. Those were the dummies. Uh, now, there was like a debate who was going to be the leader, Reed, the established businessman, or Donner, the guy that everybody kind of liked a little more. Uh, so James Reed's credentials were basically that he you know, lived in the U.S. for a considerable amount of time. He was older. He had some military experience. But he did have an attitude, and he rubbed a bunch of people the wrong way. He was you know, kind of not really approachable, kind of a top-down leadership kind yeah. of guy. Uh, people saw him also as kind of an aristocratic person uh, and a little bit ostentatious. And, you know, so, you know. That's a but, word right there. Yeah, like, like oh, I've got a candelabra in my double-decker. Uh, Prick. Yeah, double, you know, my <laughs> Just the fact that he wanted a double-decker fucking wagon. Yeah, it's the thing. It's like, are you gonna, are you gonna, it's like, wow, he has money. Like, if you're that much of an idiot, like, money equals he's smart. He's outsmarted the market, honey. This is why we're going to follow him <laughs> in our little, like, two-wheel wagon, you know. Um, now Donner, on the other hand, was also mature. He was experienced. He was also American born, but he was peaceful and charitable. Uh, and that kind of made him the group's first choice. He was more liked by everybody. Um, although they are, were referred to as pioneers, most of the party lacked the experience, as I said. Uh, and they also had very little knowledge on how to interact with Native Americans. That's kind of the reason I pulled the clip from Almost Heroes, because <laughs> there's a whole like subplot in that movie where Eugene Levy plays like a French tracker who is pretending to know how to deal with Indians <laughs> because he has a squaw wife. <laughs> like, and that's like the only reason he's like, you know, yeah, I definitely know how to talk See, to that. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but really they didn't know. And there's a situation later with a couple of Indians that if you think about it from the Indians point of view is really fucking funny, but we'll <laughs> more on that in a little bit. <clears throat> so they ended up picking Donner as their leader. Um, it didn't really bother Reed because he still kind of was Mr. Moneybags. He could kind of have a little sway over people. He knew if he wanted to, he could take over like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a guy who would go down as like the the guy who could have stopped it if people listened to him. He's he's the guy in the, the science fiction movie that's like, he's like Jeff Goldblum. He's like, you know, you know there's, there's aliens that are going to come and they're like, ah, oh, you crazy Mr. Scientist, you're nuts. If your so-called trail isn't good, then why don't you prove it to us? Mr. Um, scientist. Yeah. So journalist Edwin Bryant, he reached his place, uh, Black Forks, a week ahead of the Donner Party. 
Um, he saw the first part of the trail and he was really concerned about it because there was really like no trail there. Uh, he knew it would be difficult for their wagons and the Donner party uh, to go through. And he also knew that they had a lot of women and children with him. So it's like, you know, if you, if you guys are like extreme travelers, sure, go ahead, what, you know, cut through, let's do a new trail. Yeah. But these guys are like family people. Like, let's mm-hmm. just go through the tried and true tested one. Like, so he returned to Black Forks and left a couple of letters warning several members of the group not to take the Hastings shortcut. What did he do? Just like pin them to rocks or whatever? Or did he just like throw them on the ground and hope people would that see them? That is why scotch tape was invented. Interesting <laughs> interesting that you say that. And there will be more on that later. But no, he left it with like the guy that was running the um, the Black Fork. He was, he was, he left it with that guy. And that, so the, they, when Donner, when the Donner party reached Black Fork on July 27, Hastings, the guy who created the bullshit trail had already left. And I believe Edwin Bryant was gone by that point too, you know, Eric, uh, because he left the letters. Um, because Jim Bridger's trading post would fare substantially better if people used the Hastings cutoff, Jim told the party that the shortcut was a smooth trip. He was like, you're going to have no problem. There's like no rugged country. You're not going to see a single Indian. There, you know, it's going to shorten your journey by like 350 miles. Sit easy. back, relax, yeah. make some soup. There'll be water everywhere. Like you'll, there's like blowjob stations that you guys can <laughs> hook up to. Like at a KOA campground where you like hook up your sewage, but instead it like sucks you off, you know? So, sucks uh, your sewage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your dirty little yogurt. Um, <coughs> although um, he didn't tell them about a couple of days that they would be spent crossing a 30 to 40 mile dry lake bed. Was part of the, was part of the trip. It's so, like yeah, it's pretty much straight through after you go thirty four miles. Just a straight shot. Um, so Reed was very impressed by this. Again, this guy just is like, as long as it reaffirms the ideas that I already have in my head, I'm on board. <laughs> He's one of those rich guys, you know. Um, so he advocated for the Hastings cut off, and none of the party ever received Ryan's letters warning them to avoid Hastings' route at all costs. Um, in his diary account, Bryant, the guy who wrote the letters, states that uh, it was his conviction that Bridger, the guy who wrote, uh, ran the trading post, deliberately concealed the letters, and that's a view that was shared by Reed in his later testimony. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Reed makes it out alive, um, which is, you know, it's unfortunate that you guys know that because there's, there's a wild ride this guy has. Yeah. <laughs> um, he gets very humbled throughout this. Uh, at Fort Laramie, Reed met an old friend uh, named James Clayman, who was, uh, you knew him from, I think, Illinois, and he was also, co- he was coming from California, and he had taken Hastings cut off, and he was like, don't do it, whatever you do. <laughs> he looked at their wagons, and he was like, so like nine times these guys are told, like, you don't want to go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like 19 times. They give it so many and I bet like the like Reed's wife was probably like maybe we should listen to him and he's like oh he's an idiot he, he did. I knew him back in Illinois he's yeah. a fucking moron <laughs> we we won't listen to him he's slightly less poor yeah he, yeah he's slightly <laughs> more poor than us yeah um so he's like he he made it out like it was you know inact inaccurate and Reed was like no no it's accurate it's accurate uh, so they were already on uh, behind schedule by July thirty first eighteen forty six when they left Black's Fork. Um, they rested for a few days, and they were already 11 days behind a group that was traveling in front of them, uh, the Harlan Young group, who fared infinitely better, and they'll play into the stuff that happens later on. Um, so out on the cutoff, they turned south, took the cutoff, and within days, they found the terrain to be completely, like, 
impassable. Uh, drivers were forced to lock the wheels of their wagons while the oxen were still pulling them because of how steep the inclines were. So they wouldn't just roll through the ox <laughs> like a fucking bowling ball going through pins, you know? It, it, like, imagine that, uh, like, primitive CG. You, you, gotta, you gotta strike a graphic that plays at the bowling alley. Like, you just knock out a bunch of fucking oxen, you know? Um, so, they, yeah, they had to lock up the wheels so the oxen were just like, these fucking assholes, you know? <laughs> They're just pulling this shit. Um, the Oregon Trail left an obvious path, as I said, because people were taking it all the time. There was like, you know, grooves worn into the road. I mean, it was like tattered with dead bodies. So it's like, okay, you know where to go. Yeah, exactly. There's like, it's, it's like, like death you could call way. it a trail. Yeah. <laughs> like an established, workable, proven trail where people are able to go back and forth and tell, hey, this Hastings guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. So Hastings, remember when you said that he taped stuff to rocks? Yeah, Hastings wrote directions out for people and left them stuck to trees, <laughs> <laughs> like in Minecraft. He just spit <laughs> on it, and stuck it. In yeah, a tree. he would just like he would he would just get some tree sap or whatever, and he'd like like you know, stay the course, fellows. You're doing great. You know, like inspirational shit. We got this. Uh, on August sixth, they found a letter uh, advising them to stop though, until he could come back and show an alternate route that was taken by the Harlan Young Party, aka. The right route, you know. Mm -hmm. So I guess the Harlan Young Party. I guess I was wrong about that. I guess they didn't initially take the Oregon Trail. They probably just at the at the any of the dozen times that the Donner Party had the opportunity to go back to the Oregon Trail, these guys took it, and yeah. the Donner Party did not. You know, they were like looking back during like everything's like you see these fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so Reed's like, all right, we I don't want to sit around and wait. So he took this guy Charles T. Stanton and William Pike, and they rode ahead to go get Hastings. Uh, they found horrifically difficult canyons to navigate, like boulders that would have to be moved, like sheer cliffs that would just go down to a river below. It was like like sharp turns that were likely to bust wagon wheels. You know, just like, and, and again, Reed is looking at all this and going like, huh, huh. I guess maybe I'm still a little right. The yeah. map's a little different. Yeah, yeah. So when they caught up to Hastings, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, uh, I'll ride back with you and we'll, I'll show you the cutoff. So he rode back halfway with them showed them where to take the better route. And then he went back on his way. Yeah, you know, you just go down that rock, yeah. turn at the dead calf, and oh shit, I forgot something. I'm yeah. going to come back. So meanwhile, <laughs> Stan and Pike chilled out to rest and like think about things for a little bit. And Reed returned alone to the group, uh, arriving like four days after they had left. So without uh, the guide that they thought they were going to come back with, they had to decide whether to turn back and rejoin the traditional trail. Smart idea. Yeah. Or follow the tracks left by the Harlan Young Party through the difficult terrain of Weber Canyon. Or, option three, forge their own trail in the direction of the Hast that Hastings had recommended. Mm. So they have pro very proven trail, recently proven, kind of treacherous, but proven trail, and wild card. <laughs> so, <Yep>. yeah. <laughs> and they Not a trail. <laughs> Yeah, they choose the wrong answer. That's when Steve Harvey looks at him like, are y'all serious? Yeah, so at Reed's... Uh, <laughs> yes, dummies. Steve, Steve Harvey gift here right, right now because at Reed's urging, the group chose the new Hastings route where he was like, go this way. It's like using them as guinea pigs, basically. It's like, if I see you guys, I'll know that was a viable route. So their progress slowed to like a crawl. They're like going one and a half miles a day. Could you imagine that? Like, you know, how many My miles God, is your house away from where? Like a day shit. you would make that. Um... 
So all the able-bodied men were made to get out and clear brush, fell trees, heave rocks, and make room for the wagons. It's like in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when they have those machines that make roads oh, in God. the jungle, you know? <laughs> but they're doing that by hand. <laughs> like, they're just cutting trees down oh and, you know, displacing monkeys and stuff the child <laughs> is going to uh, rope swing with later on. Um, so people were having some doubts. Um, they and On August 20th, they reached a point in the mountains where they were like looking down at seeing this, what what should be like this easy going, it's going to get easy now. Road. And what they saw instead was the Great Salt Lake. Um, <laughs> and it took another two weeks to travel out of the uh, Wasatch. I hope I'm saying that right. I guarantee I'm not. No. W-A-S-A-T-C-H, Wasatch Range. What's up? So the men began bickering. Uh, doubts were expressed. You know, people in particular, like James Reed's were coming under serious, serious doubt, you know, like, like, bro, what the fuck? Like Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> priest level doubt, you know? <laughs> so, uh, Stanton and Pike, who the guys who had stayed behind when they rode out with, uh, with Reed at first, uh, they had ridden out, but had become like lost on their way back. So it really was like the boonies. <laughs> and when the party found them, they were like one day away from eating their horses. <laughs> so like th they were like, man, that sucked. Good thing we're back now and we're <laughs> safe for the rest of the journey. You know, but they, they definitely were. <laughs> uh, their first death occurred. Uh, guy, Luke Halloran. He died of tuberculosis. Yay, milestone. First death. The Arth yeah. The, <laughs> the Arthur Morgan sickness on August 25th. A what? Or the Arthur Morgan sickness? Who is that yeah. named after? It's well, I just it's from Red, it's, <laughs> it's from Red Dead Redemption Two. So uh. you get to, spoiler alert: you get tuberculosis in that game and die a slow and painful death over like fourteen hours of gameplay. So <laughs> oh, it's shit. a fun ride. Um, <laughs> you pay sixty dollars for that experience. Um, <laughs> Hannibal Burris. All right. So uh, after he died, the party came across a torn and tattered letter from Hastings. So I like to think that Hastings like wrote it and was like self-conscious about it. He like tore it up and threw it on the ground. So they pieced it together and the, it indicated that there were two days and nights of difficult travel ahead without any grass or water. So he's starting to be a little more honest with these folks. Um, the party rested their oxen and prepared for the further trip. Uh, so after 36 hours, they set off to traverse a 1,000 foot mountain that lay in their path. Uh, once they got up to the top of it, I mean, I'm you know, skipping quite a bit, but I mean, imagine how fucking hard that was with oxen. I, mean, and, yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. when Hastings left that note and everything, he was like thinking, okay, no one's going to make it this far. Yeah, so yeah. let me just do my due diligence mm. and leaves the note and everything thinking no one He's is like, that they're crazy. This far. They're not going to turn back now. So I can start being a little more honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from the peak, they saw ahead another ill omen, <laughs> a completely dry and barren plain. <laughs> a flat that was covered with salt larger than the one they had just crossed. So they crossed the Great Salt Lake. They're like, wow, that sucked. They climbed a mountain a thousand feet. We're like, that double sucked. Like, at least we got something good to come up. Oh, Fuck. it's another fucking salt <laughs> flat. So it's like, you know, it's that moment in Tommy Boy where he's talking about all the shit that went wrong and they're sitting on the bench and then the, break, the bench breaks. He's like, could have done without that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was called one of the most inhospitable places on earth by a guy named Rarick. I don't know if he was the guy. You know, again, this is from Wikipedia. I didn't look into Rarick. Uh, he comes up a couple of times. I think he may he have was been. the appetizer. Yeah. Uh, so the oxen were already super fatigued and pissed off. And the water was like very near to be being gone, but they were like, you know what? 
let's press on. The thing about salt flats, like really hot ones, is there's moisture underneath the surface because it used to be a lake bed, right? Yeah. In the heat of the day, the moisture will rise to the surface and create this like soft gelatinous sand that you get stuck into really easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like a bajillion degrees. The oxen are trying to pull this thing through. They're in it as well. There's no water. You're looking at moisture, but it's mostly dirt, you know? It's like mud. So it's like, it's just haunting you, you know? It's walking through lava. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, a gummy land lava. It's like you're, you're it's like melted. Like if you ever left a bag of gummy worms in your car, oh yeah, uh, that's probably what it was like. You know, like a congealed mass of just nastiness. Yeah, just slosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the wagon wheels were sinking into it, and in some cases, it was getting all the way up to the hubs. So like you know how big a wagon wheel is. You know, you've been yeah. to. The to the pioneer it's like the village. height of a person. Yeah, almost. Well, halfway. Yeah, yeah, it's like three feet tall, I guess. You know. So imagine how much that fucking sucked. Um, so the day's blisteringly hot, and as we know about deserts, the nights, it gets really Hi-ya-ya. fucking cold. Yeah. Yeah, really icy. It's, it's, that's so weird. Isn't it? <laughs> I guess it's because like the it gets sun so though. hot because it's, it's so joke. close to the sun, yeah. and then at night it's so far away from the sun, it just, it just drops. And you're like, well, man, I'd do anything for some AC, and then once it hits you, it's like, damn, I just want to <laughs> be next to a, a campfire, you know? <laughs> Can you even start a campfire then? I don't think you would want to. Yeah. You know, I don't think you, cause you might like, everything's so dry. Yeah. Shit again. At night to, yeah. <laughs> so a bunch of the members of the group started having mirages. They would see like lakes and, uh, you know, other wagon trains and they believe they were like, Oh, we've overtaken the Hastings thing. You know, they, but they were just complete <laughs> mirages. So after three days, their water was gonzo completely out. Uh, some of the animals were so weakened that they were just left this is pretty fucking cruel. If I'm going to leave an animal, I'm not going to leave it yoked to the wagon. A yoked? Yoke. Oh, yoked. The yoke. I'm, ah. They left them yoked to the wagons and abandoned them. So it's like huh? the, the thing can't even get away to try to find water on its own, you know, using its like animal. It's like you earned it if you drag this. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Uh, uh, you know, nine of Reed's 10 oxen. Because remember, he needed like eight to pull his cart. All of them he needed to pull his cart plus one bolted with like water sickness. Like they were like uh, crazed with thirst. They were bolted off into the desert. A bunch of the other families, cattle and horses have also gone missing. Um, there was tons of damage done to the wagons. No human lives have been lost at this point though, miraculously. Uh, by the end of it, instead of the promised two day journey over 40 miles, the journey across the 80 miles of the great Salt Lake desert had taken six days, which is a lot when you're talking about. You Jesus know. Christ. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. So at this point in the, in the trip, you guys, you know, you're on this trip, right? You look up a couple wagons, you see Reed. What are you thinking? You know what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you, where's your mindset at? Like, no one's going to see. It's mutiny, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pure mutiny at that point. Yeah. Cause you can't like, it's not even about trust at that point. It's just about like. We need to get through it's this, like, and then I'm going to beat your ass. There's no reason to trust him. Like to the point t- that like the, the person that made the trailer was just like, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot if you even got to this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like gotcha, uh, bitch. in the Dark Souls games, you can leave little notes on the ground for people. And a lot of them will be like, uh, it'll be like near a ledge and it'll be like hidden path ahead. <laughs> and then the, uh, there'll be another one behind it that says liar. And then <laughs> there'll be like a little blood stain where it showed that the person died there. It's like, that's what Hastings was. He was like trolling people by like leaving these notes for them Keep to find. Keep going, yeah. you got this. Exactly. Sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so none of the party at this point had any faith in the Hastings cutoff. They're like, this is a bad fucking idea. 
but we're not going to go back the way we came because that was awful. Like we're like stranded, you know? Um, Luckily there were uh, springs at the other side of the desert and they spent a couple days there recovering, you know, watering the cattle. And they sent a couple people back into the desert to try to retrieve some of the wagons, some of the supplies that they had left behind transferred food supplies and stuff. Imagine being one of those guys. You're like, yeah, you're an able-bodied young man. Go back into the desert. Get my sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my phone charger, I left it and plugged in. And my favorite Yeti mug is in there too. Don't forget my New York Yankees baseball cap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you forget that, I'm not going to fucking feed you for a day. Yeah. The only thing saving Reed really was that his family were incurring the heaviest losses. Um, in terms, but I, but I think it's because he had more to lose, you know. Yeah, like he could stand to lose it too. He was the one who uprooted his life and been like, yeah. "I'm going." Yeah, come. I mean, he became way more like aggressive after this, and he would ask everybody else to submit an inventory of their goods. Of course, like because any he was dad. losing. Because it's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, "All right, everybody, let me know what you got," because my gigantic wagon was unable to be pulled through this. Mm-hmm. And all my shit's in it, and I can't go back and get it. <laughs> so let me see what you got, you know. Well, we'll pay you. That's fine. Um, that's that's slightly asshole-ish. Yeah, it's hugely asshole-ish. But it's any it's road very presumptuous. trip. Any dad loses his shit, like, less than halfway in, and then is just going off the tiniest little thing. Yeah. And then it's trying to control everything. Oh, you left your retainer at the gas station, huh? <laughs> we'll just turn around. No big deal. <laughs> we'll go root through a garbage can at a gas station. <laughs> Oh, we don't have to. No, no, no we have we're to. We're fucking we're going. We're going fucking back right yeah. now. We're going to fill up again. <laughs> so uh, the remaining serviceable wagons uh, were pulled by, I like this term, mongrel teams of cows, <laughs> oxen, and mules. I like to think they had one guy in there, too. It was like cows, <laughs> oxen, mules, and Steve and Jake. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a random guy is just like, I got this, guys. I'm good. I'm good. Just need a little water. Uh, two young men went search of missing oxen, and they reported that there were another 40 miles of desert ahead. So another half as much as they had already traveled what the fuck? was laid ahead of them. Uh, despite everyone's near hatred of Hastings, they had no choice but to keep following his tracks, which were at this point weeks old. Uh, the shortcut delayed them by about a month. Now, the clock is ticking. Jesus, fuck. In the words of Lord of the Thrones, winter is on its way. You know, it's, <laughs> it's happening soon. Things come to a head with Mr. Reed. Um, so along the Humboldt, the group met a couple, uh, I think, Pouty, P-A-I-U-T-E. Peyote. Peyote. Peyote Native Americans. They met a couple. <laughs> they met a couple. Native, they met a couple Native Americans who were on peyote. And they joined them for a couple of days. Uh, but they were a little sneaky because they stole a couple of oxen and horses. <laughs> they were saving they them. They were pranksters, really. Let's just call them what they were. Um, by now, we're well into October. And the Donner family split off to make better time. Uh, two wagons in the remaining group became tangled at one point. A fellow by the name of John Snyder was super pissed by this point. And he's just like <laughs> losing his shit and beating the hell out of this ox. Wait, how does they spell Snyder? Snyder. Uh, S-N-Y-D-E-R. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? I got a friend named John Snyder. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Your ancestors got fucked. Yeah, that guy's ancestors were pissed off. But apparently he was well liked because uh, even after this ha- next part happened... Um, People liked him. Uh, so <laughs> he angrily beat the ox of one of Reed's hired teamsters, Milt Elliott, who will come up again later. Oh, in the shit. Story. My ancestors. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are back then. This is a cosmic 
a cosmic pairing, Donovan. It's like, bro, you won't believe this. It's those ancient reincarnations yeah. that will always find each other in the next life. Every time. <laughs> now, the question is, do they spell two T's or two, uh, and two L's? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. There we go. These are your people, my friend. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. So when uh, when Reed got in to intervene, Snyder proceeded to start to rain blows down on Reed's head with the whip. He just lost at that point. Yeah. I mean, who could blame him? He's just yeah. You motherfucker. Fallen That's when he went Clark Griswold for real. Yeah. <laughs> Reed's wife attempted to get in the middle of it, you know, and then she got hit on the head. And at that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, uh, she let the record state drew ra- laughed really hard at a woman getting hit in the head. And, um, <laughs> after she got hit in the head, Reed retaliated by, <laughs> can you guess what he did to retaliate when he saw his wife get uh, conked in the noggin? He hit the, uh, the, the animals even harder. No, no, no. Reed was the guy who he was stopping the, wife, the like, guy. Oh, oh, oh. So the guy's beating the shit out of Reed's animals. Yeah. Reed comes up. Guy starts beating Reed. Reed's wife comes up. Guy beats what? Reed's wife. Oh, he's, well, he, he beating both of the asses. <laughs> does he beat his ass or does he fatally stab Snyder in the collarbone? Oh. <laughs> right under his collarbone, he stabs his ass. Do we have a third option? <laughs> sure. <laughs> He's like, guys, come on. <laughs> let's let's be realistic. Yeah. Uh, so a bunch of witnesses gathered to discuss what was to be done because there was no like law out there, you know, that far the, west. The desert is the law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, wagon trains often dispatch their own brand of frontier justice. <laughs> you know what I mean? And heat entropy is the law at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, George Donner, the party's leader, was a full day ahead of the main wagon train with his family. So he would have been the guy to kind of arbitrate this, but he was way ahead. <laughs> had no idea this even happened. Like, so yeah, they, that's their problem. They had to figure this shit out themselves. They had to work this shit out. So uh, Snyder had been seen to hit James Reed and some claimed that they had also seen him hit Margaret. Uh, but Snyder had been very popular and Reed was not. <laughs> so a fellow by the name of Keysburg, also important, remember him, he suggested that Reed should be hanged. And everybody was like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. But somebody was like, eh, hang on, hang on, hang on. What about his family? You know, <laughs> we're all going to take care of his fucking family. That sounds shitty and lame. So now they got to die. It makes sense. So they said, you know what? We, we will take care of your family, but not forever. If you make it through this, we're giving you your family back. You're banished. They banished him. <laughs> like, like, uh, shame. <laughs> yeah. Or like, uh, Mad Max Thunderdome yeah. style, you know? <laughs> they put him ba- backwards on a horse with a mascot yeah. head and just slapped its ass and sent it out to the desert. Um, they took away his weapons, his food, you know, basically gave him a death sentence. Uh, but the next morning, his stepdaughter, a clutch stepdaughter, what? Virginia, rode ahead and secretly provided him with a rifle and food. Uh, Reed also had another fellow that went with him as well as kind of a ride or die buddy, you know. Uh, so that was that was cool of him. But Reed was kind of an asshole that, <laughs> you know, deserved to be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so things start really falling apart. <clears throat> Grass was becoming scarce. The animals were weakening. Everybody at this point was like, all right, we got to get out and walk to lighten the load. Um, there was a guy named Hardcoop who Keysburg, again, this kind of an asshole, Keysburg, <laughs> ejected from his wagon. Uh, and Hardcoop, who was made to walk at this point, was a very elderly man who had really bad feet. He, ha- he ended up sitting next to a stream. His feet were so swollen that they had split open. Oh, God. And people were like, should we like stay back with him? And everybody was like, fuck him. He's a 70-year-old man. He, he had a good life. He had a good run. Let the wolves get him. And I mean, then they kept going. At that time, that was like 120. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was like, dude, you're, you're older than the queen. Like, Seriously. You're good. Uh, 
You've um, seen three queens. Another funny thing that the Native Americans did, because remember, this was supposed to be a Native American list trail, right? Uh, they chased away a couple of the Graves horses, which was another family that were along for the ride. Uh, and another wagon had to be left behind. Um, the cattle spread out more, which allowed the Indians to steal another 18 more head of cattle. Uh, and several mornings later, they just shot 21 cattle <laughs> on top of all that. They just, yeah, they were just like, because they were like, we'll come back and, you know, get the food or whatever. So the company had lost nearly 100 oxen and cattle and the rations were almost completely depleted. Uh, with nearly all the cattle gone, Wolfinger, a fella whose name I want you to remember, Wolfinger, he stopped at the Humboldt sink to cash or bury his wagon. Uh, Reinhardt and Spitzer stayed behind to help. Uh, they then returned without him. And when was they were asked, where's Wolfinger? Uh, they just said that he was attacked by Indians. <laughs> and uh, no need to follow up on that. And I can only imagine at that point they were just like, well, that's just, you know, another thing we're not really equipped to yep. follow up on at this point. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I guess we, I guess we keep going. Law I guess. Of the desert. I, you know, yeah, that's, that's fine, I guess. I mean, we'll, we'll deal with that later. I mean, fuck, but okay. Um, Indians did it back then was just like the, just cause. <laughs> Who ate my bread? Engines. Engines did it. Engines did it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's reasonable. It was a, it was a red engine. That's who did it. I saw him. He had feathers. I seen that engine. Uh, yeah. They were just taking the plants on everything. So they had one more stretch of desert ahead. Uh, the, a family, the Eddies, their oxen had been killed by Native Americans, and they were forced to abandon their wagon. They had eaten all of their stores, and they weren't as well off as everybody else. Um, but the other families refused to assist even their children. <laughs> and they were all forced to walk, carrying their children, and completely miserable with thirst. Please help my daughter yeah. appetizer. <laughs> Uh, Margaret Reed and her children were also now without a wagon. You got to imagine people weren't really too keen on the reeds at this point. Uh, but the desert eventually came to an end, and the party found the Truckee River, a beautiful, lush country. Now, Truckee, again, is that really important place in this story, you know? <laughs> um, so they had time to rest, but they did, and then they started to press on to cross the Sierra Nevada before the snows came. Um, now, Stanton was one of the two men who had left a month earlier to seek assistance in California found the company, and guess what he had with him? What? A bunch of mules, food, beef, flour, and two Miwok Native Americans named Luis and Salvador. Now, I got to imagine, <laughs> I got to imagine that was not their real names. Oh, God. And Stan was just like, what's your name? And he's like, my name is Dog Sits by Water. And he's like, I'm going to call you Lewis. <laughs> and uh, your friend's name, I don't want to know what it is. He's Salvador. That's what he's going to be. I like that name. Yeah, that's a, it's just definitely a name he gave him. I've always wanted to meet a Salvador. Yeah, you, you look like a Salvador. Now, the funny thing about uh, traveling on your own or just with one other homie, uh, Reed and Heron, the fellow who went with him in his banishment, they got word back that he made it to, uh, to Sutter's Fort in California. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was kicking back. <laughs> Chilling, vibing out, Suckers. not really too worried about his family, I guess, you know, um, by this point, according to Rarek, I don't know if this was, again, a guy journaling or a guy who wrote a history of this, but he, uh, in any case, he wrote, uh, to the bedraggled, half-starved members of the Donner Party, it must have seemed that the worst of their problems had passed, that they had already endured more than any immigrants ever did, I say. They were fucking wrong. Because <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the cannibalism, fellas. Seriously. It hasn't even snowed yet in this story. And that's I, like what it's famous for. After yeah. going through all Holy that shit. shit, I can't imagine like wanting to keep on by, by going to cannibalism. At that point, I'd be like, 
fuck, I'm just going to sit here and die because I don't want to deal with any other shit. Some people did that. One woman was in her cabin and she like fed the kids one more time. And just like turned over. I've heard that. And faced one. the wall yeah. and just died. Yeah, they just like all froze together. <laughs> Apparently, you could just like will yourself to death like Yoda. And then <laughs> at, one, at one point, you just like, you're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just done with kids. I would have rather that at that point. Yeah, for sure. So, it was so easy. Like, why do I want to sustain the suffering by eating my best friend? No. So they had another choice to make. They could either rest their cattle for a little bit or forge ahead. It was October 20th. Winter is fastly approaching, you know. So sprinting, it's sprinting at them, <laughs> like those dang, those dang freaking White Walkers. You know what I'm talking about <laughs> from that show that everybody liked that that show, uh, Outlander. It's too dark, I can't see. <laughs> they had been told that the pass would not be snowed in until the middle of November, but they were wrong. <laughs> William Pike. Another guy. Here's another fun little. I like how like these different deaths just kind of pop up intermittently, like little asides. You know, yeah. uh, William Pike was killed. Oh, by a, the way, yeah, uh, William Foster was loading a gun and it accidentally went off and killed the guy William Pike. Um, even though it seemed like like that was an accident, people were like, I don't know, man. But you know what? Again, we don't have time. We don't have time. Let's just keep going. Let's deal with that later. We don't, you know, I don't fuck Later on, he's just like, you just know what? Just killed that guy. She's like, no, we've moved past we, we, this. We've already moved past it. Later. It was the first instance of uh, no double jeopardy. Yeah. We just, we just <laughs> we keep moving. We keep moving. You know, um, so family by family, they resume their journey because they were like, all right, that guy died. So I guess we better just keep going. Otherwise, it's going to smell really bad here soon. So uh, the Breen's, the Keysbergs, again, remember that name? Stan and the Reeds, uh, the Graves and the Murphys all took off. The Donners waited stupidly and traveled last. <laughs> After just a few miles of rough terrain, an axle broke on one of their wagons. This would spell death for George Donner, the patriarch of the family. I don't know if you've got, you guys heard of something called like open wounds in the 1800s, but <laughs> they weren't great. Uh, no. And a lot of people had like a wait and see attitude about him. Fuck me. <laughs> so, yeah. It's been nice knowing you. So, Jacob, I guess one of the sons, and George went into the woods to find a replacement uh, where George Donner sliced his hand open while chiseling uh, some wood. Ooh. But it seemed to him to be just a superficial wound. No big deal. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. Hey, Rub some fine. dirt in it. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Switching gears. Um, the Breen's. Uh, made it up to this massive, nearly vertical slope, like a, a, another thousand feet, uh, to Truckee Lake, now today known as Donner Lake. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, uh, three miles from the summit and camped near the cabin that had been two, had been built two years earlier by a group of other pioneers, um, who I would imagine were probably way more experienced. <laughs> they were building cabins. <laughs> the Eddies and the Keysbergs joined the Breens, attempting to make it over the pass, but they found a five to ten foot uh, deep snow drifts. And they were completely unable to find a trail. So they turned back uh, for Truckee Lake. And within a day, all the families were camped there, except for the Donners, who were five miles back, half a day's journey below them, still trying to fix their wagon wheel, um, still festering with an open wound. <laughs> um, on November 4th, it began to snow again. Winter camp becomes an eternal camp. <laughs> 60 members and associates of the Breen, Graves, Reed, Murphy, Keysburg, and Eddie families set up for a winter at Truckee Lake. Uh, they were in three separate cabins, 
they had dirt floors, poorly constructed flat roofs. They leaked when it rained. They didn't have doors or windows. They just had a hole in the front yeah. where you just walked in and out of. It's just it was just an absolute nightmare. You know, I don't use the front door. Uh, windows open. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like some Flintstone shit. Right it, was, it, it was literally looked like a, like a Flintstone cave. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so the Breens, they got one cabin. I guess they were just a big family. I could go back to those notes, but I don't really care to. The Eddies and, that's pretty funny. The Eddies and Murphys were in another. <laughs> <laughs> because they were all in, in red leather track suits. <laughs> oh the Eddies and Murphys were in another cabin. I didn't even, that didn't even dawn on me until right now. <laughs> and the Chris's and the Rocks were in the third. Oh, um, <laughs> the, the Reeds and the Graves were in the third. Keysburg built a lean-to for his family against the side of the Breen cabin. Uh, the families used canvas or oxide to patch the faulty roofs, but if you know anything about that kind of stuff, that stuff's going to start to stink when it gets wet. Yeah. So that's on borrowed time. Um, again, no windows, no doors, just big holes for entry. Further down the trail close to Alder Creek, the Donner families hastily constructed tents to house 21 people because, again, it's starting to snow. They're like, quick, quick, quick. Let's get this shit going. Mrs. Wolfinger, widow, uh, her child, <laughs> and the Donner's drivers, six men, three women, and 12 children in all. Uh, they were all huddled in these little lean-tos and tents and stuff, Bear grill style. On November 4th, the beginning of the storm lasted eight days. So that's a fucking hell of a blizzard, you yeah. guys. <laughs> Very little food remained from the supplies that Stanton had brought back from Sutter's Fort at this point, and the oxen began to die, and their carcasses were frozen and stacked. Um, they couldn't fish either. Not a, like the fr Truckee Lake was not frozen yet, but none of them knew how to fish. So they all had this. How had this, do you not fish? What? Big ass pond, and they're like, we don't know how to catch trout. So they're like, you don't even try it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it doesn't make much sense. They were pretty ill prepared, you guys. Yeah. I feel like if we tried to do this, you know. Um, no, I think we could have done better. Yeah, a little bit. I know bit. how to fish. I think we would have like seen the. I know literal, how to go into a lake and pick up a fish. We would. We During would have a seen, blizzard. Fucking sure. His nut, have a his, fucking pole. His balls would be in his chest cavity rattling around. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, we could. We would have seen the writing on the trees and turned around like at the first opportunity. We just set up. Camp Donovan would springs. have been like, "I'm getting a vibe here. I think we should turn back." Yeah, <laughs> you would have been the voice of reason. I'll yeah, <laughs> like, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Not all that great ever. <laughs> it's like that scene in Almost Heroes when they're like. New Orleans is great. The food alone is worth the trip. And like half of them split off and just leave for New Orleans. And Chris Farley's all pissed. Yeah, you guys should watch that movie. Um, so uh, Margaret Reed, whose husband is now just kicking it, probably with some whore in oh, San yeah. Francisco, um, promised to pay double what an ox was worth when they got to California for use of three oxen from the Graves and the Breen families. Uh, the Graves charged Eddie... Uh, $25, normally the cost of two healthy oxen My for boy. the carcass of an ox that had starved to death. <laughs> uh, desperation grew. Rip, Some reason that the individuals might succeed on the pass where the wagons could not. Uh, so in small groups, they kept trying to get up, but each time they were just like, fucking get that shit out of here. The, the mountain was like, no, fuck that pussy. No. <laughs> you know. Um, Patrick Breen was keeping a diary and he mainly was writing about the weather, which is pretty funny, but he gradually began to write about references to like God and religion in his entries. And it's like, oh, oh, why hast thou I, forsaken me? I, I want you to go back to the weather now. Yeah. It's, 
God, you gave us such a beautiful day. It just Thank shows how you. much it's deteriorating. Yeah. Life at Truckee Lake was miserable. I like how that's in the entry. It's like, after all this, it's like, <laughs> Life at Truckee Lake was miserable, you know? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I thought you said, oh, shit, like you found something. My bad. <laughs> Diet soon consisted of oxide, strips of which were boiled to make a disagreeable glue-like jelly. Ox and horse butts. It's like that Aqua Teen Hunger Force where Carl <laughs> thinks back to the Christmas when he was a kid and his dad's like boiling carpet to eat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got to soften it up. Eat your shoe, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so ox and horse bones were boiled repeatedly to make soups and they became so brittle from the repeat boilings that they would just crumble upon chewing. Sometimes they would soften uh, and after being charred in fires, and then the people would just eat the charred bones, which is pretty... <laughs> it's like eating charcoal, dude. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bit by bit, the Murphy children picked apart an oxide rug that lay in front of their fireplace, roasted it in the fire, and ate it. Um, what do they you were, want for dinner? They were, Leather. Yeah. Oh, cool, again? <laughs> They were catching and eating mice, um, you know, yeah, there were lots of people that were so weakened that they would just spend like all day in bed. Like occasionally one would be able to make a trek to see the Donners. And uh, on one of those trips back, they were like, yo, Jacob Donner um, and three of the hired men, they're dead now. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Reinhardt confessed who's one of them. Remember, he was the guy who helped the guy bury his wagon Yeah, on his deathbed. He was like. Yeah, I killed Wolfinger. <laughs> he was like, I did it. Yeah. Tell his wife. Yeah. He's an honest man. <laughs> he waited till he was dead. Uh, <laughs> now, George Donner's hand at this point is like at the stage of like the beginning of the second act of District 9, where, <laughs> oh, yeah. where it's just like a claw. Yeah, it's Ooh. it's now getting pretty infected. And that's like a nice little through line of uh, of like the, the end of the second act here, you know? Um, so he couldn't really do anything. Uh, Margaret Reed had managed to save enough food. She was squirreling it away, and she made a Christmas pot of soup, to which I would imagine everybody would have been like, you fucking cunt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you hid this from us. I can't believe you've done this. That's when they throw her yeah. in the pot. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll uh, make it past Christmas. Yeah. Uh, by January, they were facing starvation and considered eating the oxide that served as their roof. They're like just laying there, and they're like, we could eat the roof. Like, we could eat that. It. I would, yeah, I could do that. Looking at the stars, they're just like, oh, we could eat that too. <laughs> so Margaret Reed, Virginia, Mitt Elliott, and the servant girl, Eliza Williams, attempted to walk out, reasoning that it would be better to try and bring food back than to sit and watch the children starve. Imagine that conversation. Like, yeah, these kids are going to die. I guess we could just try it, and maybe we get eaten by wolves. I know. They knew they, they were planning on dying one that's way. To it's what, like, that's we to die? your point, where you're like, I would just kind of crawl up and die at some point. Yeah. Like, at least I'm going to try, and if I die, I die. It's no big mm -hmm. deal. At least know? I can say I die doing something noble, yeah, even though exactly. I just don't want to watch my kid die. Um, they were gone four days into the snow, and then they had to turn back. Uh, when they got back, the cabin was completely uninhabitable. The oxide roof uh, completely served as the kids' food supply. And that family moved in with the Breens. So they're pretty, they were pretty. Eating them out of house and home. Pretty clear. <laughs> <Literally. laughs> uh, the servants well, went to live with the from. other families. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Greaves, or Graves, excuse me, I kept saying his name wrong. Graves, being the upstanding gentleman that he was, came by to collect on the debt owed by the Reeds. And took the ox hides that were using the roof, <laughs> and which, which they were now not only using for the roof, but also to eat. He's like, these are mine now. You guys owe me money. <laughs> He's like, I'm calling him the debt. 
Um, so there was a group called the Forlorn Hope, which is pretty, you know, eh, it's like, it's like, uh, they're doomed, you know? Um, <laughs> so as the camp began to fail, Spitzer died. Then uh, Bayless Williams, who was a driver for the Reeds, and more of the malnutrition and starvation was setting in. Frank Graves fashioned 14 pairs of snowshoes out of ox bows and hide. And on November, or excuse me, on December 16th, a party of 17 men, women, and children set out on foot in an attempt to cross the mountain pass. Um, four of the men were fathers, three of the women were mothers, and they gave their young children to other women. That's like how dire the situation was. Um, historian Charles Mc, McGlasson later called the snowshoe party the Forlorn Hope. So he's like, you know, looking back in hindsight with history, he's like, yeah, they were, they were, they were going to get fucked. Um, <laughs> the group became lost and confused. And after two more days without food, Patrick Dolan proposed, had this bright idea. that some of them should volunteer to die in order to feed the others. <laughs> <laughs> to which not, there was not a lot of pushback on that. Uh, some people suggested duel. People were probably welcome to die yeah. at that point. They were like, hey, me, me, me. they were like, we could have a duel. Uh, did the duel? We could, you know, I brought my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. We could. Um, <laughs> another account describes an attempt to create like a lottery type system for a member to make a sacrifice. Uh, Eddie suggested that oh, they sweet, just. I won the Powerball. Right? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> the one time I'm lucky in my life. I swear <laughs> to God. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, Eddie suggested that they just keep moving until somebody just drops. Uh, but a blizzard forced the group <laughs> to halt. And uh, Antonio, well, hardcore mode. Yeah, <laughs> I want my meat lean. Get yeah. to walking. Yeah. So, uh, Antonio was an animal handler, and he was the first to drop. Franklin Graves was the next. And at this point, Patrick Dolan, the guy with the bright idea to eat people, started ranting. And then he stripped off his clothes and ran stark naked out into the woods. He's like, <laughs> I suggested this idea. I'm the yeah. one that should have died first. <laughs> losing his fucking mind, dude. Just absolutely losing his mind. Just let me die. Just yeah. I mean, and they say that's like a like a a symptom of frostbite too. It's like when you feel Going really cuckoo. hot. You feel hot, like you need to take your clothes off and run. And that's how people die too. Um he returned shortly afterwards and he's like, All right, I freaked out a little bit, guys. My bad. And they're like, <laughs> they're like your toes are black. Put your pants on. Yeah. Um, your you, toes you, and your head you, is black. You have a Mr. Deeds foot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, a few hours later, Dolan drops dead, and immediately the guy who proposed it, the cannibalism, and immediately the group starts to eat flesh from his body. Uh, Lamel's sister tried to feed uh, some to her brother. Come uh, on, baby, eat the thumb. He died. It's a good thumb. <laughs> but he died shortly afterwards. Now Eddie, Salvador the Indian, and Luis the Indian refused to eat because again, the Indians believe like if you eat people, you become a skinwalker. Yeah. That's like yeah, the a thing. Wendigo. Yeah, you're going to Wendigo. You're going to Wendigo. Yeah. Um, so the next morning, the group stripped the muscle and organs from the bodies of Antonio, Dolan, Graves, and Murphy. They dried them and stored them for the days ahead. So they had people jerky with them. They oh. also, this is the funniest part to me, they took special care to make sure that no one would have to eat one of their relatives. That's fucked up. They're like, you can be a little picky, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, Eddie eventually succumbed to his hunger and ate human flesh, uh, but that was soon gone. They began taking apart their snowshoes to eat the ox hide, webbing, and disgust in secret. That was the last resort. Yeah. It's like after you eat all the people, it's like, okay, I'm going to eat this shoe. snowshoes, yeah. And they started to discuss eating the Indians, uh, Luis and Salvador. But Eddie was like, these are my boys. So he warned them, and they were like, go, run. Yeah, they just quietly <laughs> left in the night, you know. 
Um, I'd love to hear how that conversation when he's like, yeah. guys, um, he's like, yo, you know, um, you've been real cool up to this point. Yeah, thanks for all that. Like they were talking about eating you. I think you want to get out of here. Um, I mean, they didn't have, they didn't give me a time frame or anything, but like I would, <laughs> I wouldn't be waiting around. Personally, yeah, you know, I heard that I, you guys like turn into like a violin art gallery or something. Yeah, Can you, I just, like just just go, just take off. Best of luck, you know. I know you guys can can do a little better than us. Just like I don't want to see you get eight, man. I don't want to be eating a slice of your ass cheek in like a day and a half. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give us an easy little kiss on the cheek. You taught me so much. You're, go. Yeah, you're starting to look like a giant turkey leg to me. So just take off, man. You're you're good. Um, Jay Fostick died during the night, leaving only seven members left in the party. Eddie and Mary Graves left to hunt, but when they returned with deer meat, Frostick's body had already been cut apart for food. <laughs> so they come back with deer meat, and they're like, oh, no, we're full. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> you, brought home, you brought home takeout? Nah, we're fine. We're fine. Want some Pete? He's yeah. still good. Yeah. Uh, after several more days, 25 since they had left Truckee Lake, they came across Salvador and Luis again. Oh, no. Who at that point had not eaten for about nine days and were close to death. William Foster then shot both of them, oh. believing their uh, believing their flesh was the rest of the group's last best hope of avoiding him in a death and starvation. That's sad. Yeah, not not those two, I was man. For I Sal. was too. Yeah, honestly, they were they were kind of cool. So a few days later, the group stumbled into a Native American settlement. Again, it's just like oh. we came home with deer. You guys already ate the person. We ate the Indians. Then we find the Native Americans. They're just looking for reasons to eat people at yeah, this point. Yeah, they're like we like, were really grateful. To, to meet you guys, thank you. And like, yeah, no, no problem, dude. Yeah, we can feed you. Uh, but you came from the woods, by the way. Did, did you run into our uh, our guys? Like, uh, I think Lewis and Salvador were what they were going by. Did you see them out there? And they're like, no, no not even, no, no, definitely not, definitely not. That didn't see them at all. Definitely didn't see their delicious uh, muscle meat. But, you know, I don't have chunks of them in my teeth right now. Oh man, they got no. Doesn't one of them have a tattoo or something? Yeah, that was that was, that was the worst thing I yeah. ate right there. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was. I think it was like a serpent or something. It's it it like no, no, no. I don't. No, I, I didn't have added I, delicious flavor. I, did the, he have braids? Uh, did he have yeah. missing one tooth tattoo? Guy with a delicious brain stem. That guy is that him? <laughs> Tasted like uh, like a nutty custard. No, yeah. I haven't seen him. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen him. him at all. No, I didn't see him. No. Didn't see him at all. Yeah. <laughs> The Native Americans gave them all they had to eat, acorns, grass, and pine nuts. After a few days, Eddie continued on with the help of tribe <laughs> members uh, to a ranch in a small farming community at the edge of the Sacramento Valley. Like, the place where I believe George Lucas is from <laughs> was where, like, like his, his dad owned a farm there. And, like, years and years before, there were people like, yeah, I just ate some Indians. Um <laughs> Uh, they, from Indians. They, they hurriedly <laughs> assembled the rescue. I want to tell my great, 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 great grandson this, and then he's going to make a war. Yeah. <laughs> so 33 days was the length of that journey. Antonio died, probably age of 23. <laughs> Luis died, probably age 19. Salvador died, 28. Patrick Dolan died, 35. Charles Berger did not die. I got that wrong, which is ironic. You'd think Charles Berger would die in the yeah. evening. You know? I guess Round that's all right. William Eddy, 28 years old, did not die. Um, Jay Fostick, 23 years old, dead. Sarah Fostick, 21 years old, alive. Sarah Foster, 19, alive. William Foster, 30, alive. Uh, Franklin Graves, 57, died en route. Marianne Graves, 19, that better have been her dad, dude. That's weird. Um, <laughs> no, that was Grace, her husband. <laughs> 19, alive. Uh, Lem Lemuel Murphy, dead at the age of 12. William Murphy, 10, 
and turn back before reaching the pass. Amanda McC- pussy. Amanda McCutcheon, <laughs> 23, alive. Smart pussy. Harriet Pike, 18, alive. Charles Stanton, 30, dead. I wish they put a little logo, like a little like like a hungry Pac-Man guy to let me know if they got eaten. Yeah. <laughs> so the rescue, we're uh, running out of time, so I want to get to the good stuff. Like, basically, there were three phases of rescue. There was like this general that was about to head out to the uh, Spanish or no, the uh, Mexican American war. And one of the guys was like, look, I'll fight in your war. If you just help me find my family. So they sent like a search party out, found them. We're only able to take back like a dozen of them at a time. And each time they came back, more of them were dead and, (laughs) <laughs> like there was also like a pot of stew on, you know what oh. I mean? So each time they came back, they were like, yeah, take some Peter to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the funniest, the one I, thing I wanted to get to was everybody accused this guy. Let me find him. I told Keysburg. Uh, only five people remained at Truckee Lake. Keysburg, Miss Murphy and her son, Simon and the young, Eddie and the foster children. Basically, Tamison Donner went missing, and everybody said it was uh, it was Fiesberg. Is that, is that his name? Did I just say that? Keysburg. Keysburg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Foster and Eddie arrived at Truckee Lake on March 14th, where they found the, their children dead. Keysburg told Eddie that he had eaten the remains of Eddie's son. Eddie swore to murder Keysburg if they ever met in California. <laughs> uh, Why would you just kill him there? I think it's just like, you know, we... Hey, listen, we're both eating my son. We might make it out of this. <laughs> if I see your fucking face in California, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> I may eat your delicious body. Yeah, Keysburg kept refusing to to leave. <laughs> no, I'm staying. Like, I'm good here. I'm eating take, your children. Take other people. I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good here. I'm vibing. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people think that Keysburg killed... Uh, Killed Donner's, I believe, wife, Tam Tamson, the the chick's name from the witch, the Vivich, Thomason or whatever, Anna Taylor Joy. <laughs> um, so to 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 wrap this all up, after you know the the reaction to this of the American public, reading about this in newspapers and stuff, Lansford Hastings received death threats. Um, ah, rightly mi- so. Yeah, a migrant who crossed before the Donner Party confronted Hastings about the difficulties they had encountered and reported that Hastings said, of course, he could say nothing, but that he was very sorry and that he meant well. <laughs> well, if he's sorry. He said he was sorry. Hey, you know, he said I mean, sorry. I tried. I tried to give you a new passage. Turns I got a letter. Out- no repercussion. Yeah. But I got a letter. Of the 87 people who entered the Wasatch Mountains, 48 survived. Only the Reed and Breen families remained intact. <laughs> the children of Jacob Donner, George Donner, and Franklin Graves were orphaned. William Eddy was alone. Most of the Murphy family had died. Only three mules reached California for all our <laughs> animal heads keeping track. Um, the remaining animals perished. Most of the Donner Party members' possessions were also Honestly, discarded. as far as, like, expeditions go, the... The fact that three mules survived That's is probably pretty incredible. That's a win in my book. That's amazing uh, yeah. that that happened. <laughs> that, would yeah. cool. that would have been the first thing gone. Yeah. <laughs> McGlazen in the 1879 book, History of the Donner Party, declined to include some of the more morbid details, such as the suffering of the children and infants before death, or how Miss Murphy, according to Georgia uh, Donner, gave up, lay down in her bed, and faced the wall <laughs> when the last of the children left on the third relief. 
The same year McLeason's book was published, Georgia Donner wrote to him to clarify some points, saying that human flesh was prepared for people in both tents at Alder Creek. But to her recollection, she was four years old at the time, uh, it was only given to the youngest children. Quote, father was crying. Father, this is a pretty grisly visual. Father was crying and did not look at us the entire time. And we little ones felt we could not help it. There was nothing else. She remembered that Elizabeth Donner, Jacob's wife, announced that one morning that she had cooked the arm of Samuel Shoemaker, a 25-year-old teamster. You're just around the campfire and everybody's up. quiet. She's like, I ate Samuel's arm. <laughs> <laughs> I do Everyone it again. Like, and they're like, yeah, it's don't fine. Don't mention it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You're good. And these poor fucking kids, like, they're just being fed this shit and, like, they can't do anything themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're a kid, I would just starve myself. But a lot of the women who were widowed uh, remarried very quickly because there weren't that many women in San Francisco. So, girl boss. <laughs> That's what all this was about, my friends. Well, say we were on a podcasting road trip. Our car breaks down. Could you see I'm panicking. anything, like any scenario where you're going to eat a person to survive? No. I'd like to say no, but I don't, I've never been that hungry. You know? I'm I have. Uh, if I'm if I'm starving, I'm sorry, Haven. You first. If bro. you're already first, if you're already dead, like, if there's like absolutely no f- fucking like, say like, we're hunting for the swamp thing, we're stuck in the woods, like no help, we can't find nothing. If there's no hope for survival, I'm not gonna prolong the inevitable. That's just cruel. You gonna off yourself for the for the good of the gang? No. What I was more getting at is like. You're gonna kill Haven. You're and gonna eat, off like, all us. Like, <laughs> like if what it took. To like make it like the day that I get rescued is like no hope of no hope of rescue. Like if there's no hope Does of that rescue, change anything. No, if there's like no hope of rescue whatsoever, there's no reason for me to like eat you guys and just like live like. Oh, two I know more what you days. mean. Yeah, you're not gonna like. You're like I'd rather starve to death and die today than be a little bit full and die in three days. Yeah, and also yeah. I have would have eaten my friends. Yeah, so it's just like. But that, knowing, that's fucked up. A piece of us would always be with you, though. <laughs> you know? But knowing you would get rescued, <laughs> you could face someone and say, like, you know, I ate Donovan. You could eat my, like, plump little penis. <laughs> my, little, my little juicy, my little juicy... Uh, red it's like little, a little pig red, in a blanket. Red little, pi- red little pig. I would at least, like, take it, like, at a part of... I wouldn't, like, shoot you dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right, we're it's like, it's like we're gonna we're gonna take this step by step. Are you gonna eat me like the guy in Saw Two when he's just like eating his leg like little by little and it's like savoring it? <laughs> he I goes all Hannibal. Uh, right no, 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 uh, Hostile Two, not Saw Two. I wouldn't, know. I would not savor it. But it's just like <laughs> if we can get out of this, and it's just like we're just kind of eating each other alive. But we still both make it out alive. The worst thing would be like roasting my leg over the fire and being like, we got to get through the smell of burnt hair before this stuff even cooks. Oh, that's true. You got to shave his leg. And there's no seasonings. You know what I mean? Like, there's, it's going to taste just like. And you're white too. Like bad pork. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Run Donovan. (laughs) Look, we'll we'll wake up one morning and Donovan will have just left. He'll he'll be gone. Like, yes, I am white, but I like flavor. He's like, I don't trust you guys. I like a lot of fucking flavor. (laughs) Yeah. All the hot sauce I eat, I I can at least get some satisfaction knowing I'm giving you the shits afterwards. (laughs) I'm good with that. Can you imagine? I get the the shits anyway. I would probably try to find some poisonous plant and eat it and be like, Sucker! You, you guys can eat. You guys take hand now. fucking tactic. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, you bitch. <sighs> yeah, I take you out. With, I take it down with me. Yeah, Th- I think that happened on the terror. A guy like uh, 
he, he was injecting himself with poison or something because he knew they were going to eat him. <laughs> and he told his buddy, he was like, don't eat me. And then he did. And Come then on, he, man. Everybody was like throwing Stop. <sighs> yeah, but that's uh, that's the Donner Party. We were going to uh, combine that with Dyatlov's past, but there was just so much to that. And it was really just like, again, the comedy of errors along the way, the the Clark Griswold level of <laughs> incompetence. And frustration when they should trip. have stopped. And so many back. times. And Even a moment where he's just sitting there flailing and cursing and hitting. Yeah, and like <laughs> the, the Hastings angle too, like the guy writing the book and just being like, you know, this is going to really help people. It's just it's so, it's so funny. It's like it, like a guy looking at a map and just going like, I can draw a straight, all these idiots drawing all these roundabout quotes. It's like the reason they do that is because there's like mountains in the way, dude. Yeah, the people go through it first. A, a human, with, with our rate of travel, you can't like cross a desert yet, you know? Like, <laughs> It's like when people are like, you know, like, why do people take airplanes to England, dude? Just like fucking take a boat. It's like, well, that would be really fucking dangerous yeah. and treacherous. And you're far more likely to die horrifically and drown, you know. But uh, coming up next, a week from when you're hearing this, we'll be talking about UFOs and playing a little Elden Ring. Oh, what? Yeah. And if Drew remembers to hit the record button, there'll be a video component to it as well. But... If not, Don't fuck up, Drew. I'm gonna purposely fuck up. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Any parting words of wisdom for uh, anybody trying to go out there and venture into the woods? Don't do it. Stupid bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really not smart. Don't do. You know, it. I I did hear that there's 